Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. For the final action Christmas movie, you all voted and the winner was the 1996 action thriller, The Long Kiss Goodnight. This movie has amnesia, spies, Gina Davis, and Samuel L. Jackson. Sold! Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. A town is having a Christmas parade, and we are introduced to Samantha Kane, played by Gina Davis. She is Mrs. Claus on one of the floats, waving to the people. And we get some narration. Always fun. Samantha tells us she was born eight years ago on a New Jersey beach with a mysterious key in her pocket and no memory. She was also two months pregnant with no idea who the father is. Sounds like she needs a trip to the Mari show. Wait, is that still on? She's now a teacher in a loving relationship and enjoying her life with her daughter, who is now about seven. Everyone in town knows about her amnesia, but I guess it's been so long that it's not really a big deal. Everyone just goes with it. Hello, girls. Caitlin, come help me in the kitchen. Hurry up, because I forget where it is. That's her mom. She's got amnesia. <laughs> Samantha sometimes looks at her body in the mirror and all the scars and kind of guesses how old she is. Mid-30s, maybe? For context, her partner's name is Hal and her daughter's name is Caitlin. They are currently having a holiday party with all their friends, and it looks like a really good time. She used to spend a fortune hiring investigators who always turned up nothing. So now she just pays for the cheap ones. Samantha says whoever she was, that person is gone. She has kissed her goodnight. Aha! The title! I see, I see what you did there. Nice. Nice. We meet Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, Mitch Hennessy. Mitch Hennessy. He is the newest investigator that she's hired. He's kind of a scammer. He tricked this married guy who was about to cheat on his wife with a prostitute who was actually his assistant and convinced him to pay him off so he wouldn't arrest him. The guy thought he was a cop for real. Scammer. But he is actively trying to find real info on Samantha's case. Samantha is driving one of her drunk party guests home and they accidentally hit a deer, get into a bad accident, and Samantha is thrust through the windshield into the snow. She gets up dazed, confused. We get flashes of another life and she goes and sees the deer on the floor and it's wounded badly. So she puts it out of its misery by snapping its neck. WTF, ma'am. Then we see this convict with one eye watching the TV in a New Jersey correctional facility. On the TV is footage of the video from the Christmas parade. He sees Samantha as Mrs. Claus waving and he's like, no way, no way. He completely loses it. I wonder if that's gonna be relevant later. Samantha is in the hospital recovering and she's dreaming that she's standing like on a cliff and there's a mirror in front of her, but the reflection is a different version of her. Samantha has curly, long, brownish, reddish hair. This reflection has short, straight, blonde hair, and she looks tough. And the blonde version says, my name is Charlie, and I'm coming back. Ooh, there's just one left. Mitch's assistant has some pay dirt. She found an old landlady that recognized Samantha's picture and 
still has a box of her stuff. Ooh, Mitch is excited because that means money, 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 money. I never said I was a singer, so. Looks like we have a bad guy siding. So we're in a plane hangar and there's a man shirtless suspended in the air. He looks like he's being tortured. Enter Timothy. I guess he's asking questions about Operation Honeymoon and the guy's like, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. He looks at him and he's like, You know, I can tell when someone's lying to me. Just then he gets a phone call and it's not a good one. They tell him that his convict buddy, One-Eyed Jack, just broke out of prison. He was upset because he says Charlie Baltimore is still alive. Timothy does not look happy to hear this news at all. He's got to get to work. He hangs up and kills a dude just so you know that he's evil. Got it. Thank you. Since the accident, Samantha's been having some mm, strange things happen. For one, she's never been good at slicing and dicing. And out of nowhere, she can slice and dice vegetables with ease. And she even like throws the knife with a tomato into the cabinet. Then she's teaching her daughter, Caitlin, how to ice skate, but Caitlin falls. And instead of helping her up, her voice and tone changes. And she tells her that she needs to get up. Life is pain. And she's a, she's a bunch of other stuff that later on, she can't even remember what she said to her. She's changing. Remember that one-eyed convict we were talking about? Yeah. Well, like I said, he broke out of prison. He tracks her down and starts wrecking her. Like she's in her house. She's trying to defend herself. They're going at it. And he's like, I want my eye back, Charlie, or whatever. So Samantha takes a cream pie that's in a glass container and smashes him in the face with it you know when clowns do it it looks funny when she does it it's deadly Hal watches as she stands over him does this like kung fu move and then breaks his neck it's like she's someone else now mind you he kind of wrecked her house he like shot bu bullets holes in her house and things like that so obviously the cops have been called she runs outside looking for caitlin and runs right into mitch don't worry, Caitlin's fine. But Samantha realizes she's got to leave and find out who she was. Someone just tried to kill her. Who was she in her past life? She gives her daughter the charm bracelet that holds the mysterious key that she had, you know, been found with eight years ago. And puts it on her bear and tells her, you know, she'll be back. She loves her. And she says goodbye to her partner, Hal. And he tells her, whatever you find, whoever you were... I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Um, sir, did you not just see what she did to that dude? I'm a little scared. A little bit. At the White House, the president is talking to Perkins, another advisor over defense or something. And he is talking about Charlie, the rogue agent. Okay. She made it all the way to the big leagues. Perkins wants more funding for his government projects. And the president's like, nah, you can't even handle a rogue agent. All your funding's going into healthcare. Sure it is. Samantha is going through the box of stuff that Mitch found as they're driving on the road. She sees a book that was signed to her from a Dr. Walton with a number attached. So she grabs the cell phone, which looks a lot different than what cell phones look like today for those who are, you know, young. It's like this big bulky thing. <laughs> 
She calls up Dr. Walton, who recognizes her voice. Your full name is Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. And he tells her she might be in danger and wants to meet up somewhere. So they schedule a meetup for the next day. The bad guys were also tapping his phone, so they also heard this information. Samantha and Mitch are in the hotel rooms, and Samantha goes through a suitcase that Mitch found amongst the box of belongings the landlady had for her. And she finds a secret compartment with pieces to a rifle that she starts putting together from memory. It freaks her out. They go to the meetup place the next day, and Samantha heads to the bar while Mitch goes to the bathroom. She gets approached by Timothy, who was testing the waters to see if she remembers him. But she doesn't. And he sees in her eyes that she's telling the truth because, again, he can tell when someone's lying to him. He literally says that. Tell when someone's uh, lying to me. I uh, am sorry to have bothered you. He walks away, gives a signal. Mitch joins her at the bar and they get approached by the assassin, which at the last second, Samantha sees the gun he's about to pull out. She grabs the gun that she knows is in the pocket of Mitch's jacket and shoots the guy dead. They start running but more bad guys appear and start shooting at them. It's like the bad guys are Starship Troopers. Like they're shooting and not hitting them, but they're hitting everybody else around them. Samantha and Mitch rush upstairs and they're like, oh man, we're trapped. Or are they? Samantha shoots out the window and they jump through it and land in water. A guy in the car pulls up and tells them to get in. So they get in. This is Walton, obviously. He informs her that Samantha Kane is her cover and she's a trained assassin for the United States government. What? <laughs> Mitch can't even believe it. I can't really believe it. They stop to change their clothes and Samantha and Mitch ditch Walton, get in the car and start driving. They think Walton was lying and can't be trusted. They even call him crazy. Crazy is a stretch. I mean, you did have a sniper rifle in your suitcase that you put together with no problem. And you managed to get you and Mitch out of a place crawling with bad guys. But okay. So they check her old box of stuff and find a postcard where she's talking to her uncle about being engaged to this guy named Luke. And Luke's information is on the postcard. So that's where they head. They go visit Luke, who welcomes Samantha with open arms. He calls her Charlie. And they go off to start talking. It's like a big farm. Mitch is on the sidelines just waiting. I keep saying Walton, but his actual name is Waldman. So apologies. Waldman catches up and tells Mitch, no, that's not her former lover. That is a target. Engaged was a cold word, meaning that she was locked onto a target. They run to go warn her, but it's too late. A helicopter full of other bad guys, including Timothy, arrives and basically capture them all. They take Mitch away and strap Samantha to some kind of windmill thing that goes around and dips her into the freezing cold water. Remember, we're talking Christmas time up north. It's freezing. So the freezing cold temperatures that Luke keeps dunking her in and rotating her in, they have caused her to bring her memory back, oddly enough. And she starts remembering everything. That's when we find out that she was basically shot. The bullet nicked in her head and she fell into the ocean. As they're dipping her in the water, she sees Waldman's body in there because the guy didn't make it. They killed him. She manages to get herself free, grab his gun that's in there, and shoots Luke, killing him. Pardon my language, but she's a badass. She finds where they're keeping Hennessy, shoots up the place, and rescues him. She takes Hennessy back to the hotel. She takes a shower, cuddles her hair, Cuts it, makeup, everything. 
Charlie is back. And since Charlie is back, that's what I'm going to call from now on. Not Samantha, Charlie. Charlie calls Perkins, the guy from the White House, and says, hey, I'm back and I want to get back to work. Perkins is like, yeah, no problem. Come on in. Then he hangs up and we see Timothy, the other bad guy. Uh Uh-oh. Apparently, since Charlie's been gone, things have changed. Timothy is now no longer an enemy. He's an ally. Perkins tells Timothy, go kill her. They go back to the hotel to wait. Charlie tries to come on to Mitch, but he sees right through her. He knows she's trying to forget her old life. Charlie gets mad because she never wanted the kid. Samantha did. And she leaves and goes for a walk. She gets attacked by two headhunters and kills them. Now she knows Perkins wants her dead. Charlie decides she's going to leave the country. She has money reserved in a lockbox safely in Buffalo. That's the thing about being a secret agent, Mitch. Nothing is ever simple. But the key is on the charm bracelet that her daughter Caitlin has. It's Christmas Eve and they go back to her house while Mitch stays outside to keep a lookout. She finds the charm bracelet and she's ready to go when Mitch starts honking the horn, giving the signal. Mitch drives off and bad guys are chasing him. Charlie gets a hold of some ice skates, skates across the frozen lake, and shoots the bad guys and kills them. Bad ass, you hear me? She's a badass. You don't want no smoke with Charlie, okay? You just don't. But in all the melee, Timothy kidnaps Caitlin and he calls Charlie to let her know. I guess she's not leaving the country so soon after all. They go directly to a phone company to trace his next call and find out that he's in Niagara Falls. Charlie has the epiphany. It's Operation Moonlight. Perkins and Timothy are discussing the details of the operation, and let's just say they mention a tanker and a frozen terrorist patsy. They got something crazy planned. Things always pop off on Christmas Eve. Charlie and Mitch get to the place. They wait for dark, and Charlie sneaks in and grabs Caitlin. But it was a trap. The lights go on and they are all captured. They tie up Charlie and she questions Perkins. What is he doing? Perkins is going to kill 4,000 people and blame it on the Muslims. A terrorist attack, basically. You know how I'm always talking about art imitating life? Think about it. It's about that time for a plot twist. Timothy is Caitlin's dad. As a spy, Charlie got close to her targets through specific means. She tells Timothy that he's the dad. He brings Caitlin to him, looks in her eyes, and he sees, oh yeah, this kid kind of looks like me. But because he's evil and he's a bad guy, he doesn't care. He sticks her in the freezer with Charlie to basically freeze to death and die. You monster. But Charlie's a clever girl. With some gasoline she put in Caitlin's doll, a steel crowbar, and some matches, she blows up the door off the freezer and frees them. She tells Caitlin to go hide while she's killing the bad guys. Caitlin decides to hide inside a little box attached to the tanker. The tanker with the chemical bomb that they're going to use to kill people that has the timer on it. Yikes! Charlie sees this, grabs one of the cars, catches up to the tanker, and gets control of the tanker and starts driving it through and out of the town, away from them. She manages to put distance between her and the town, but the brakes aren't working, and she ends up crashing into a wall flipping the truck over on a bridge. She survives. Timothy shows up and they start fighting and he's like kind of stabs her with a knife. But she manages to toss him into the Niagara Falls water or something. So he's not dead. He gets out of the water, flags down one of the bad guy helicopters and gets on board because he is determined to kill her. Charlie gets Caitlin out the box. Caitlin's fine. A little banged up, but she's fine. But they're trapped. 
she gets on the truck radio saying, hey, come help me. We're on the bridge. I'm trapped. My daughter and Mitch, who's behind a car in one of the trucks, whatever, hears this, basically takes the car, gets on the bridge. But Timothy showed up in the helicopter. She does this, like, cut the light trick, and it makes her go up the, I don't know, like, hopefully I have a clip that I can show you guys. Because she goes, she, she cuts the light, she goes up, grabs the gun, and shoots Timothy dead, and watches him fall to his death, screaming as he lands on top of the tanker. The eagle, man, you had it, you could have gotten away. The eagle. They drive out of there just as the tanker blows up. It's quite a sight to see. They make it out, and Charlie gets her money. And sometime later, her hair's longer, she's in a nice car, all cleaned up. And she's on the phone with the president who is thanking her for her service and for stopping the treacherous plot. And he wants to know if she wants to come back in to be an agent. And she's like, no, I like teaching. And teaching makes a lot of money. And you see next to her is a suitcase full of money. So now she's retired and rich. Charlie asks the president for a favor and gets Mitch on the Larry King show. Charlie Hall and Kate now have a big house in a remote location with a lot of land and like goats. And they're just happy. The simple life. Roll credits. My thoughts. This is not the first time that I've watched this film. I've seen it quite a few times and I love it every single time. Gina Davis, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Gina Davis is a badass. Okay, she's like the female Jason Bourne, an assassin who gets shot in the head, falls in the water, and forgets who they are. Yeah. And she's written much better than a lot of these strong female leads I've seen lately. Just saying. And of course, Samuel L. Jackson is always going to be a good time. You got crazy stunts, shootouts, car chases. I mean, this movie is packed with some crazy good stuff. The bad guys are truly evil pieces of garbage. I mean, there's no layers. There doesn't always have to be layers okay sometimes the villain can just be a bad guy who wants to watch the world burn <laughs> yeah. i don't get too much into mitch's backstory but you know he's always been a scammer a bit crooked in business dealings and you know he even did a little bit of jail time for it and i believe whole i believe he's kind of wants to do you know most of the right thing he kind of wants to redeem himself which he gets a chance to do so in this movie his strained relationship with his ex you know and his and his son who like loves and adores him but you know he, he can't even accept toys from his dad because his ex will think that he stole them for them to see him sitting on the larry king show with their mouths like in shock you know that was a wonderful redeeming moment for him like okay he is on the straight and narrow he is trying to do better with his life Small, quick little nod to the fact that when the Mitch showed up at Samantha's house, when one I Jack had attacked her, he was trying to calm her down and the police who had been called showed up, not knowing the situation, were already pulling their guns on Mitch. All right, imitates life. Okay, moving on. I was in high school when I first watched this film and now that I'm older and more seasoned with life, <laughs> the line where the president is telling Perkins that oh your funding is gone is going into healthcare it hits different okay <laughs> um it would be nice if more funding would go into healthcare and go back into schools because we've been draining funding from schools for years and it's really affecting like the music and the art programs which like 
they are they are just as important to me, honestly, um, as some of the other subjects that they're focusing on. You know, science, math, reading, you need those things, but just but music and art, they're they're expressions and they help us to explore parts of ourselves and it's important. It's important. When I was in middle school, I was a part of the orchestra and I played the viola, which is like the lower tone version of the violin, basically. You know, the violin's like high notes, viola's like low notes. Obviously I can't sing sing, even though I'm gonna keep trying. <laughs> but um and I enjoyed it. I wish I had not I wish I'd kept it up through through the, all the years, but I you know, I, I did not. And now I go back to that school and that program is basically non-existent. No funding, no teachers. By orchestra. Budget cuts. We need some changes. I'm just saying, guys. As I've said, I've seen them like a bunch of times. And honestly, this last time something new hit me. And I, and I was very shocked by it. So when Timothy is telling Charlie, um, you know, that he's going to, you know, they're going to freeze to death. And he's got her in the freezer deep freezer and he's about to close the door and Charlie says to him you're gonna die screaming and I'm gonna watch then she says am I telling the truth and he looks at her and pauses and there's like some worry and concern on his face and it didn't hit me I, I promise you guys it didn't hit me until just this moment this time that he got worried because he can tell when someone's lying and she said it to him with such conviction he was like, oh, she's telling the truth. She's not lying. What does she have up her sleeve? I mean, it's like it's a, it's a little minute detail that I'm sure you guys would have picked up on immediately. But for some reason, it just went over my head. I just I never took it for what it was, that scene. This movie is a fun, action-packed ride, okay? It is, it is an action Christmas movie for real. And I would put it up there with Die Hard. What? I would love to go on and point out more things, but unfortunately, I'm a little short on time today, so I can't get into a little bit more of the meat like I want to. But I'm pretty sure some of you are ready to come for me after that diehard comment, so I'm not backing down. I said what I said. What do you say? Let me know in the comments. Let's talk about it. Guys, the holidays are among us, and I'm taking the rest of 2023 off to enjoy time with family and friends. Don't worry, the old episodes of Real Talker will still be here for you to binge watch. And we will be returning in January. New month, new theme. We're celebrating the start of the new year with world-ending movies. That's right. I'm going to be checking out movies with apocalypses in them. First episode drops January 8th, so don't want to miss it. If you enjoyed hanging out with me today, please hit that like button. Subscribe. Ring the notification bell so you can always be up to date on everything that's going on. For early access to episodes, exclusive content, perks, and bonuses, check out my Patreon, NXT Global Productions, and become a part of the community. We're also on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Links are in the caption. Happy holidays, and have a happy new year. Later!